Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane. And I'm Rick Gromlich. And we are live, at least I am, at this moment. When you guys listen to this, it won't be live. From I'm 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 live too. From <laughs> just want to, just want to clarify. <laughs> you kind of left me out there, listeners. I am living as well. I am alive. <laughs> Didn't want you to feel I'm left alive. out. I don't not can't speak for Rick here, but <laughs> I'm alive. Oh, man, but live from Grand Rapids, not sunny South Florida. In fact, quite the opposite. <laughs> it's Rob's dark just out. A globe it's a globetrotter. Yeah, it's snowing really uh, yeah. aggressively. Is it, is it, is it pretty? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is cool. pretty. It is pretty. I'm, I'm the kind of guy where I don't mind the snow so long as it is at the right time of year. So I would prefer not to see this kind of snow um, in April. Uh, but agreed, if it's, agreed. it's February, then hey. You're well within the bounds to snow, and in fact, I appreciate it because I, I do like the seasons, typical Midwesterner, and when it snows, I like to snow properly. So it's doing that right now, and it's nice. So, But yeah, no, I'm up here uh, for some work stuff. Man, Rob's in Florida for work stuff, Rob's in Michigan, just all over. Appreciate that, Rob. Different appreciate work you getting stuff. it done, getting it done when um, others can't, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I gotta say the Hilton it's, Garden Inn—they do a good job. You see this little note that they put, listeners. You can't see this, but Rick's gonna read it for you. Oh, don't wet the bed. <laughs> <laughs> is that really what they wrote? <laughs> yeah, really interesting, wasn't it? <laughs> that is not what they wrote. What did they? What did they write? <laughs> oh, 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 we hope you enjoy your stay. Housekeeping, smile. <laughs> 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 I'll tell you later. <laughs> what are you thinking about the Tommy Boy reference yeah. or something? <laughs> Housekeeping. <laughs> Housekeeping pillows. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow. Um, anyway, here we are. Oh, this is real hospitable, folks. <laughs> hospitable. Yeah. Uh, appreciate that. Oh boy. Still fighting a cough. What's going on? Rob. All that tobacco. <laughs> Oh, a tobacco from Florida. <laughs> oh. That's right. Well, we how, are, how have I'm, you been, I'm, man? I'm back. Um, just in the regular, regular old Ohio, the old humdrum. Here. How's it feel? Back? How's it feel to be back from sunny it's, South Florida? It's sunny up here. Every day it's been like sunny, which is a huge gift. Um, <laughs> I can take the cold. I can take the cold. It's the gray monotonousness. Has it really been sunny? Like sunny? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. It, I mean, you've only been gone for a day, Rob. I know. I guess I haven't paid attention to that. I've just been used to the sun. That it seems normal. Yes. Yeah. It's sunny. It's been it's been nice and sunny. Um, busy weekend, but getting things put back together here. Um, right now, I'm looking at my desk, and there, it's just like stuff everywhere. And that's um, I don't appreciate that. I don't enjoy that. It's my fault. We, it's we my can't desk. just do her job. Come on. Ah, Robert, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> it's 2020, Robert. Yeah, that's why I said it on podcast. So that Candace can I listen just, in uh, here. Yeah, Candace. She doesn't listen. She doesn't listen. <laughs> no, we found that out on the we, on our trip. Our wives, like our wives months, don't listen. 
to anything anything months, that we create. Rob and I like kind of harass. We just kind of like somewhat, drop it in conversation, like yeah, somewhat you, fu- funny, but that? also kind of like seriously, like hey, you guys, do you guys ever listen to our podcast? This thing and the response is always the same. What well, we listen to you guys talk all the time. It's yeah. nothing new. We for don't want to listen to you on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but how about just the encouragement, Candace? I I, I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Rick uh, was telling me before the show started how upset he was about you not cleaning his desk. <laughs> So uh, let's 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 get to that. What do you say? Uh, let's get let's get this done. Can you broker that? Can you broker that deal for me, Rob? Yeah. yeah. Hey, big news. Big um, news. Rob, Rob, we gotta get a picture of your eyebrow. Picture. Oh people gotta see this. Yeah. So Rob's laying floor oh, in his man. new house, right? He's doing beautiful job, beautiful work, craftsman over here, and he's he's. I know he's using a table saw. Yeah. Which is one of the most dangerous kind of power tools, especially saws you can use. And um, he sends me a picture of like his right eye, which yeah. is this huge gash right above his eyebrow. Two, and right, man, right beneath it. Two right beneath gashes. it. Two gashes. Yeah, a gash you can't and a tell gash. With all, the... with all the gash happening there. Yeah. Just, <laughs> whew. All the um, gashing. <laughs> anyway, I thought for sh- I thought for sure like a board had like kind of picked up and came back and hit you in the head because yeah. um, that stuff does happen it's freaky but I thought, oh dang like that's bad and so i was waiting for like a reply like yeah man this board kicked out hit me in the head said, nope not at all nah. Rob, what happened to your what happened to your eye so it would almost be more noble if make that were sound, the case make you can make it sound good i wasn't there okay so let me let me give some context here to kind of let the listeners feel the weight of what i was feeling so i'm that's quite literally what I asked for. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a fairly athletic guy, and I enjoy athletics. I enjoy being competitive. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> to kind of scratch that itch, I've joined a men's <laughs> recreational basketball league. Oh, okay. <laughs> So some rec ball here in Columbus. And there you go. me and my buddies have been doing it for a few years. And uh just want to throw out there last year we won the whole league but this year we're in a we're in a tougher league <laughs> and that was like the that was like the e league yeah well d let's get it right is the d league <laughs> <laughs> so this year we're in the c league <laughs> and uh it's a little tougher competition yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. rather than going undefeated we are now sitting at 500 okay. but last okay. week <laughs> we were playing a team that we should have beaten and we were down our best player zach and uh. I this whole season I have not scored more than four points in a game. So, oh, what I bring to the table probably really hurt the ego there. Yeah, like, what I bring to the table is I hustle and I play hard defense. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I what, go hard. That's what you do when you can't play offense. You when you, yeah, when you the, can't put up a lot of points and when you're not a great ball handler. Player. Yeah, you yeah. you got to bring something to the table to stay yeah. on the team. And what I bring to the table is heart. I play hard. Appreciate so, that, Rob. Yeah, I really do. I really do. <laughs> Yeah, well, so does my eye. So mm-hmm. we're playing, and I get a steal, and I start running because I just stole it, and I'm trying to contain it real quick, and, and I start running, get about over the half the half court line because I got it right before half court, right? So this guy goes mm-hmm. to, to pass it. I steal it, and I try to uh, gain control over it real quick and, and run at the same time. Well, I don't quite get control over it, <coughs> and I'm trying to reach backward while I'm also trying to run. And I end up falling, and I go to hit the ball to one of my teammates, 
and I hit the ground, and uh, it, I hit it pretty hard. Like it, it did hurt, but I, as soon as I hit the ground, I looked down on the ground, and I see a couple drops of blood going down pretty quick. Uh, yeah. I'm like, oh, this is something's happening here, and so I put my hand up to my eye, where I felt the pain, and I pulled away, and my hand is like just red. <laughs> There's a yeah, lot of blood gushing out. Oh, it's like, a lot of blood, and it's then going down the side of my face. And mm-hmm, so they mm-hmm. immediately stopped the game. Call a oh, squad. <laughs> no, not, they didn't call a squad. They Life went over, out. like gave me some bandages or whatever and cleaned it up, wiped off my face, my hand, gave me an ice pack, and they said, you're going to have to go to the hospital. So <clears throat> Wait, wait, you didn't, you didn't finish the game? <laughs> yeah, no. That was so, it? So to, to give a little bit more weight to what, oh, what, what's happening here, the most points I've scored the whole season are four points. <laughs> Like, I'm not, I'm just not very good. And the first half wasn't even done yet. And I already had seven points. Like, I'm having the game, right. game, the game yeah. of the season over here. Yeah. Like, this is great. Like, You're I'm trying to hang your head I'm on I'm playing it. well. This is yeah. great. I'm going to help my team. We're going to, even though we're down our best player, I'm going to step up and we're going to, we're going to rally. We're going to win this game. <clears throat> I get a steal. I get excited thinking maybe I might get another two points and I don't control the ball real well and go down. And next thing I know, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> So had to go to urgent care. Didn't have to go to the hospital, thankfully, but did have to go to urgent care and get this bad boy glued up. So that that um, you know, the movie Hoosiers with (coughs) playing this like Tarhune or whatever the state champ state game, and the one they get this big fight, and the kid gets pushed into the trophy closet, gets a massive like gash on his arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doc he's like you know. Put them back together, man. He's like, I can't. Put them back together. It goes back out there and wins it for his team. Mm. It's you not what had like a, here. You had like a scratch on your eye. <laughs> and, you, and you went to the hospital. They wouldn't let me go back in. I, I don't think he tried. I didn't try very hard. There was a lot of blood. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I thought I thought this story was going to have a very different uh, outcome. But yeah, it didn't. That's it. You it went to the hospital. me sitting on the bench cheering my team on. <laughs> Great shot, Virgil. <laughs> Good job, buddy. <laughs> Tilt my head back with an ice pack and gauze. Did underneath. um? Did they glue it or did they? They glued they it. Do to, yeah. yeah, they glued it. So. Um, and your wife has had her eyelid glued. Yeah. Um, same eye. Uh, yeah. There her you right go. Eye. It's so. kind of like a little special thing there. Yeah. Now we've got that connection. So. Well, we're we're a good uh, eleven minutes into this podcast, yeah, no. I, and we haven't talked about, about anything thing. of um, substance. Mm. But, but, you, as our listeners probably know, via the title, mm. it's a little bit of a different episode. The title really gives it away. Yeah, uh, what, Rob, what do you want to title this thing? Eyebrow cut? Ep- <laughs> I don't think so. I, just, just do like do um, you know two options? Okay. Okay. Well, option option one is. Um, uh, glued eyebrow. <laughs> ah, that could have been better, but that's already I said it. Option two is um, um, housekeeping. No. <laughs> uh, how do I want to say this? How about um, this? I'll, I'll do. I'll do one of those ones where you kind of say the various topics you covered. So I'll say citizens' oh. church, comma, glued no, eye, comma, housekeeping. Housekeeping pillows? 
Okay. But the housekeeping so, will have a dual meaning because it'll obviously yeah. be the note here. But then yeah, also yeah, the yeah. fact that Candace clearly needs to pick up her game with the housekeeping oh, okay. on your desk. I, I'm going to actually, when Candace, this drops I tried to defend on Wednesday, you. I said, Rick, Candace, I'm pass this, it's I'm not Candace's job <laughs> to keep your space clean, no, man. It's way too late. It's everyone, a gift. Everyone, already heard, everyone heard already. I tried to say uh, it beforehand, I'm, but. I'm going to send this episode <laughs> to my wife and to your wife <laughs> yes. and say, you need to listen to the first uh, 12 and a half minutes. Yeah. Uh, Eventually, anyway. we're going to get to the main point of this episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, the main point is that I don't know what the main point. It's like it's like um, uh, whose whose line is it? Whose line is it anyway? You just keep you know? building off like, of something that's said. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. They say welcome to the game show where like um, there's no rules and the points don't matter or something like that. Mm. That was a good show. Anyway, yeah. So we are talking. Uh, we're talking about Citizens Church. Citizens Church is a new church plant in Westerville. Um, and for those who might not know, I just want to be the first to say, and maybe we've said this already, so I'm really not the first to say. But this is the church plant that Rob and Danielle um, are leading in Westerville, and they are in the beginning, early phases of core team gathering interest. People who are interested in getting those people together, casting vision, kind of building some momentum. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of questions with that, but but we're just kind of kind of spend some time, kind of not really interviewing, but kind of interviewing you, Rob, hearing the story about your heart for church planting, uh, ministry, and kind of some of the early phases of Citizens Church where you guys are at. But before we get to more the like where you at now and I want to go back to several years ago you have been praying preparing thinking about talking about church planting for a long time um five years six years seven years since tell tell us when I don't know 2014 yeah okay yeah six years tell us when a you kind of like hey I want to I just have a, a kind of a burning desire to, to, to be in pastoral ministry, and then I have a desire to plant a church. When was that? What was going on in your life? Kind of give us a quick rundown of that. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm going to be coughing throughout this thing because yeah, for whatever reason, too. yeah, no, for, for whatever reason, I've got like this scratchy thing in my throat that I can't seem to cough up. And as I talk more, it gets a little uh, scratchier. So... <clears throat> with that being said, you, you want me to answer all these for you? You want me to ask could, the questions great. and answer the questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Rob, why don't you just go ahead and jump off here? <laughs> that'd be good. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> so, um, uh, man, it was between my junior and senior year of undergrad, and I'm attending Mount Vernon Nazarene University primarily because that's where uh, that was the university in my hometown. And as Rob's dating, Nazarene, yeah, and as dating Danielle. And I wanted to be close to home so I could be close to her and uh, played was playing baseball, but then uh, stopped playing baseball after my sophomore year to be able to focus on us getting married and pay for a wedding, that whole thing. So the uh, between my junior and senior year, uh, my discipler, uh, Mark Glenn, my youth pastor, your youth pastor, and eventually we want to have him on the podcast, but he, he's currently my pastor. He told Danielle and I, he said, hey, uh, you know what? You can join my family on a vacation to Myrtle Beach, <clears throat> and um, you don't have to pay anything. The only thing you have to do is 
Uh, watch our kids for a few nights, <clears throat> two nights. Give us two date nights where we can go out, Mary and I, and uh, you and Danielle can watch our kids. Danielle, you can sleep in, in the kids' room. Rob, you can sleep on the couch. And you guys can just enjoy Myrtle Beach with us. I said, heck yeah, like we'd love to do that. That'd be awesome. So I had just started an internship, um, and the whole way down to Myrtle Beach, I was just trying to talk about this internship, how excited I was, what it could turn into, um, anything and everything about business. I was working on my undergrad degree as a bachelor's in business management, and so the idea of getting a business internship was huge to me. It was it was my second internship, but I had a better idea as to what I wanted to do at that point, so this one was more exciting for me. And uh, after spending a week with my pastor, I on the way back up, all of a sudden, just at some point during that week, the desire for business was transferred to the desire for ministry. Don't know yeah. exactly when that happened, but sometime during that week. And I didn't tell my pastor initially because um, I know myself. I know I can get excited about things, and it can be kind of just a wave that I ride for a few weeks or a few months. So I let a few months pass before saying anything to him, and he had been kind of prodding me to go into ministry. He said, maybe you should consider this, but I didn't really have any desire for it. I more so just wanted to be a a faithful church member who maybe one day would become a deacon or an elder and uh, maybe preach like once a year or something like that, but never had a desire for consistent preaching or doing the work of pastoral ministry in general. But after that trip, I just desperately wanted to be in full-time ministry and give my life over to it. And so I waited a few months, and then I told my pastor, uh, my youth pastor at the time, and said, hey, I think I think the Lord might be leading me into pursuing ministry. What do you think about this? And his response was, it's about time. And said, okay, great. And so then after that, uh, he, he said, you, I think you should meet with the other pastors as well, just to talk with them and see if they also see this in you. And so I spoke with our two other pastors as well, and they affirmed the same thing. So that was when it really started. <laughs> was the summer, that would have been summer of 2013, and uh, just the desire to be in pastoral ministry. And then it was probably 2014 that I just became more so convinced that I wanted to plant church. Yeah. No, that's great, man. Um, so you, your desire to plant a church, pretty, I mean, you said 2013, Hey, I feel a real desire to be in ministry. 2014, at this point, um, you're wrapping up school. You're getting ready to get married. You get married the spring of 14, and you're pretty like, hey, I I really want to plant a church. Talk a little bit about your desire to plant a church. Why that was different than, hey, I just want to go be on staff somewhere. Or, you know, what was kind of unique? What drew you to to church planting? Yeah. So I think initially the draw to church planting was a combination of a couple things. The first thing being that <clears throat> I, I just enjoy entrepreneurial stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like starting up this podcast was enjoyable to me. You and I had our own little venture that didn't really pan out into anything, but it was, it was a good learning experience. 
and just the idea of of starting something from scratch was very appealing to me and <clears throat> so that's like the way the lord has wired me but then yeah, my yeah. flesh was very much so thinking like okay we could do it our way and additionally mm. this is the quickest way to a, to a stage and yeah. to, to like a big stage that kind of thing and and so the guys i was listening to i was listening to driscoll's listening to chandler and piper and guys that i really enjoyed listening to and thankfully chandler and piper haven't seemed to have had any kind of fall and, and i'm not saying that driscoll isn't a christian or anything like that still benefit from um the mm-hmm. things that i learned from his ministry but i really wanted to be uh the next guy who would <clears throat> be preaching at a conference somewhere that people would travel miles to see and that was yeah. just my flesh and I think if a lot of us are honest with ourselves, we, we feel that. But that was one of the things that, um, I mean, I just wanted to make a name for myself doing that mm-hmm. thing. And yeah, I yeah. thought the quickest way to do that was to church plant and wouldn't have to get years of ministry under my belt or anything like that before going out and um, then having the opportunity to do that. I just thought that that'd be the quickest route. So, I mean, if you would have, if someone would have given me the green light to plant a church in 2014, 2015, I probably would have tried to have done it. God spared okay. me from that. So wow. very, very, yeah, very grateful well, it, for that. And, I mean, 2015, um, how old were you in 2015, Rob? What, 23? Yeah. That's yeah. that's young. That's yeah. very young. Crazy. So young. The Lord's grace. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I'm 27 I mean, we're just now. still young. going to be 28. Yeah. But yeah. like, and that's still young. So, but mm-hmm. man, like the guys that I was listening to, the guy—I mean, not Chandler Piper, but like Driscoll, and then the guy, a guy, another guy, Stephen Furtick. I big love hero. <laughs> but there's like two guys in particular had mentioned that they planted the church that they were pastoring when they were 25, and so I'm 23 mm-hmm. at the time, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, right. I've got a year and a half to two years, like, to prepare, and i got to plant this mug at at age 25. And that's just so crazy. So crazy to me. And and even still, I mean, who knows? Maybe in 10 years, I'll be looking back and be like, wow, how crazy was it that I wanted to plant a church at 27? Like, how unbelievably, like, wild and immature. You know what I mean? And and there's always going to be that. But, man, the Lord definitely spared us from planting it at age 23. And I remember being at T4G and being at an 829 um, church planting breakout session. And mm-hmm. Matt Chandler, a guy that I was re- listening to a lot at that time, mm-hmm. and um, just hearing him speak on church planters. And he made a comment about how the kind of guy that they're looking for in in Acts 29 as, I mean, they were going through some changes, a lot of changes at that point. And he said one of the things that they're just going to be honest about is that they're not looking for the 23-year-old who has no ministry mm-hmm. experience. He's looking to plant a church. And I was like, oh, shucks. Oh, dang. <laughs> well, I'm 23. Well. I'm here for this 829 breakout session because I want to be a church planner in 829. Like, yeah, that was that's what I was wanting to do. So um, just the Lord and his providence allowed mm-hmm. Matt Chandler to say yeah. that, a guy that I looked up to 
a lot at that moment. And don't you don't anymore? I still I mean, certainly I still <laughs> benefit from his ministry. I just don't listen. I don't know the last time I listened right. to Matt Chandler's sermon, but I'm sure if I turn it on today, I'd be greatly blessed by it. The guy's a super gifted preacher. Um, but I say all that to say, uh, man, the Lord has been kind to not have allowed me, not have allowed mm-hmm. us to plant a church when I first wanted to. And for me, yeah. it feels like this has been a long time coming, but in reality, it hasn't been. And the Lord's just been gracious and kind to make us go at a much slower pace than what I had anticipated. I think it's one of those things where the Lord's timing is one of his most evident and clear displays of grace. Um, because there's so many things in our life that if we would have done them on our, our terms, our timeline, I mean, they just would be just not only like not be successful, but they would just be complete train wrecks. Yeah. Um, and that's I mean, when you, when you can't, you can try to force the hand of the Lord. Um, it does not go well. It's, it's disobedience primarily. Um, and then you're also, you're saying, I'm not trusting you, Lord. I'm trusting myself. Yeah. And I think even with us in our church plant, um, very different situation. You know, I didn't have any desire to church plant or any of that. Um, and it kind of popped up and um, we stepped out in obedience. And even then, like the Lord's timing, is, is, it's just good. Um, so you, you've, you've been through these kind of, years of preparation you went to southern seminary um were down in louisville for a while came back home from family stuff finished up your masters of arts this past fall um so you have good robust theological training you're doing an inter- internship now with mark glenn yeah uh, funny how you worked that out and um which is great and tell us about just your not so much just citizens church but when when you think church planting when you hear about guys planting new churches what's your heartbeat um for churches how you how you think scripture would want us to plant churches (coughs) yeah broad question take it where you want okay cool so when i think about church planting i first off (coughs) i love i mean i get very excited because that means that there are more churches. So mm-hmm. there's a church being planted. And, and even the term church planting is like insider language. So yeah. if, if, you're, if you've never heard of the term church planting, essentially easiest way to say that is that means we're starting a church that previously yep. was not there. And so the yep. church being the local expression of the body of Christ, the, I mean, the people of God um, are what make up the church. And when I hear of churches being planted or churches being started that's exciting to me because i also know on the flip side of that coin that more churches have died this year Mm -hmm. and closed their doors than have started so we're already losing the numbers game (coughs) now if i mean institutions that had the name church may have closed right. that doesn't necessarily mean that a true church closed so we could get into the theological just, just kind of real quick five seconds suss that out what you mean by yeah that? so plenty of organizations may call themselves a church but they're not preaching the true gospel and they're not rightly practicing yeah. the ordinances and so those yeah. are the two 
qualifiers, I would agree with Martin Luther. I'd agree with John Calvin when they say that a true church is a church that preaches the gospel, or preaches the word faithfully, and mm-hmm. right, rightfully practices the ordinances of baptism and the Lord's Supper. So I would be in agreement. There are plenty of quote-unquote churches who have closed their doors that were never really even preaching the gospel. They were preaching a um, almost like a moralistic gospel, and they were saying, yeah. if, if you're, you need to do these things, you need to not do this, not do this, not do this, and you need to do this, do this, do this. And it wasn't ever calling anyone to faith in the Lord Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It wasn't calling anyone to uh, repentance and belief in the gospel. It was just saying, these are the things you need to do, and these are the things that you yeah. can't do. And so that, that wouldn't be a true church. <clears throat> so if, if places like that closed, then, I mean, praise God, because they were under the masquerade of, of church while not doing the functions of a true church. So, but <clears throat> that's diving deeper than what's necessary. What, what I'm getting at is that when I think about church planting, I get excited because plenty of churches are closing their doors. And we need mm-hmm. more churches. The place that we're planting, <clears throat> Westerville, between the two zip codes of 43081 and 43082, there's over 90,000 residents. And of those 90,000, less than 20% would even claim to be Christian. And then... right. Among, I mean, among those. Among yeah. those that, that claim it, <clears throat> we know that just statistically speaking, probably less than half of them genuinely are. Because plenty of people mm-hmm. claim to be Christian because they live in America yeah. and they believe in God. It doesn't right. make someone a Christian, but culturally speaking, plenty of people would identify as Christian. And so just statistically, knowing those kinds of numbers, that means there's over 70,000 people just in our city that are right. separated from Jesus. And so yeah. even within, within our city, there's probably a dozen or two dozen faithful churches, like not mm-hmm. at all trying to say that they're not getting the job done. It's just that none of them are running 70,000. Yeah, yeah. N- none of them have that kind of, kind of people coming through their doors. And so there needs to be more faithful gospel-preaching churches that are serious about uh, gospel centrality and serious about discipleship of their members so that uh, more people can come to know Jesus and more people can then go and share the good news of Jesus with others so that more people can again come to know him and glorify him through right worship of him. Yeah. No, it's interesting when you, you talk about church planting, a lot of people would say, oh, man, why do we we don't need any more churches here. We don't need any more churches in Westerville. We have one on every, like, fifth corner. We don't need another church in Knox County. There's already 110 churches. And you, there's, there's truth to that in the sense, like, we don't need just another Sunday gathering, another place for people to go and kind of check off their box do their thing and go home. Um, but that's not what we would say a, a healthy, robust church is. And when you start looking at what Scripture qualifies a church to be, that number begins to shrink drastically. Yeah. And then you look at churches that are that are healthy and robust, and it, it shrinks even more. So the question isn't do we, you know, do we need more churches? No, you need more gospel-centered, 
e churches are serious about evangelism, reaching lost people, and who genuinely care about their neighbors and their world. And that's um, you know, we, we, we get we're passionate about this because I mean this one this is the world we're in right now. We spend a lot of time thinking about these things, and um, obviously things are messy. It's never just like this clear cut. Hey, we're gonna plant a church and we're gonna reach you know. 10,000 people and you know 100% of our congregation are converts you know it just doesn't happen yeah. um, and, and that's not even healthy either because you need people to, to, to mature help um, new believers mature and to lead anyway having said all that Rob tell us a little bit about Citizens Church uh, tell us about the name kind of the vision the heart behind it you've obviously spent a lot of time thinking about it um, where are you at with all that stuff yeah <laughs> So um, the name actually comes from Ephesians 2, verses 19 through 22, which says, So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints Mm. and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together for mm-hmm. God's dwelling in the Spirit. So just pull it from there. Um, yeah. Are you guys going to other... do like, for your membership, are you going to have like little passports? <clears throat> and like when people come in on Sundays, you're going to like, hey, this is immigration, like check your passport. Little, yeah, that's what we'll do. Little, yeah. A little stamp. It's not It's 50... not going to be a hospitality team or a connections team. It's going to be the immigration team. Immigration team. And yeah. you get 52 stamps and then they can get a prize or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah we've already got the whole program laid out. It'll Man, be good. you guys are so cool. Yeah. I wish I was you that think it'll cool. stir faithfulness. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding for anyone out there uh. who wasn't sure. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's where we get the name. Um, yeah. What what, else, what was your other question? Just, just vision, kind of heart behind everything. What you know, like yeah, you're here sitting across the table from someone's like, hey man, what what is Citizens Church about? Like, just give me the breakdown. You don't have to go through like the whole like spiel, but just yeah. we want to hear your heart more than anything uh, on this. Yeah. So so the the vision statement is to be a, a gospel centered community of disciples making disciples to the glory of God. So we okay. want to be first and foremost centered on the gospel. Um, and so the gospel needs to be central in our preaching. It needs to be central in our liturgy. It needs to be central in our discipleship. Every mm-hmm. aspect of what we do, the gospel, needs to be what we are centered around. And so we want to be a gospel-centered community. Mm-hmm. So we, we're not virtual. <laughs> we're... Mm-hmm. And right. it seems weird that we need to make that distinction, but there are quote unquote virtual churches out there, and uh, we are we're a community of people who gather together, and we're a community of disciples, so followers of Jesus first and foremost. The church exists for the glory of God, but then it also, secondly, exists for the people of God because it is the people of God, and then third, um, it is to to reach those who are non-believers. So we value all three of those, but it is in that order of God, believers, non-believers. And so we, we are a gospel-centered community of disciples, followers of Jesus, making disciples to the glory of yeah. God. And so we're, we're doing this for God's glory, not mm-hmm. our own. And so it's not so that we can have 
eight campuses across the central Ohio area or the greater Columbus area. It's not so that we can <laughs> be a church who runs 5,000 or 1,000 or 500 even. I mean, if we're a church of 100 folks who uh, love the Lord and are making disciples faithfully and planting more churches, <laughs> then praise God. Yeah. Our desire, um, and this, this just gets into more so philosophy of ministry than it does the heart behind it, but... Our desire <laughs> is to be um, one church, one location, and I know people out there will say that they're one church in multiple locations. I think theologically speaking, there are some problems with that. Just mm-hmm. I don't necessarily see how the church, the ecclesia, the gathering of God's people can be in many locations, mm-hmm. but again, there are, there are faithful churches out there who would see things differently than me, and I'm not going to quarrel with yeah. them over that kind of thing. I, I'm going to go f- fishing for <laughs> just a moment on the, your vision statement, um, and maybe you'll pick up on what, where I'm going at. But you said that we're a gospel-centered community. Why not just say we're a Christ-centered community, we're a Jesus-centered community, we're a God-centered community? Um, why yeah. say gospel? It sounds like it's you're sounding all churchy and just catering to the reform crowd when you, yeah, when you yeah, throw yeah. that in. Yeah, I, th- I think you probably could say you're that we'd be a Christ-centered community Mm -hmm. because I think if but I think there needs to be more explanation because Mm -hmm. there are folks who Mormons for instance or Jehovah's Witnesses who Mm -hmm. view Jesus very highly yeah Um, but they have a different understanding of the gospel and so we want to be a people who are gospel centered on what the what the gospel is so the gospel being that God, being perfectly holy and righteous, created us to be in relationship with him, and then we fell. We fell in Adam. And so sin, rebellion against God, has separated us from him because he's perfect and righteous and he can't dwell with sin and us being sinful, we can't have relationship with him. And so in his kindness, he has uh, sent his son, Jesus, to live a perfect life for us so that anyone who would repent of their sins and believe that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is who he says he is in the scriptures, that he is God in the flesh, that he is our Savior, that he removes our sin through faith, anyone who believes that would be restored to a relationship with God. And so we want to center ourselves around that because Mm -hmm. if we begin to come off of that, then we begin to say, you're a Christian if you do X, Y, and Z. If you don't drink, if you don't have tattoos, if you don't smoke, Mm -hmm. if you don't cuss, if you don't listen to certain kind of music, if you don't watch rated R movies, if you don't, you fill in the blank. And certainly... girls that do. Yeah, certainly some things, I mean, I don't want to discount Galatians 5, where it talks about fruit of the Spirit, or Mm -hmm. um, 1 Corinthians 6, where it talks about those who will not inherit the kingdom of God. I mean, there's certainly a moral standard that Christians are called to. Right. However, that moral standard is never going to be achieved in the life of a Christian if the gospel doesn't first take root. And so the those morals, those outward actions, they are fruits Mm -hmm. of the root being changed. And so if we are consistently saying, you need to have this fruit, you need to have this fruit, you need to have this fruit, then individuals could put on some fake fruit so they feel yeah. better about being in, quote-unquote, being in Christ, 
mm. when maybe they've never actually embraced the gospel. And so they'll put on this fake fruit for years without ever actually knowing Christ. They'll think they're Christians because they go to church and because they haven't cheated on their wife. So yeah. we want to be people who are centered on the gospel, that, hey, mm-hmm. the gospel not only shows you where you need to repent, but it also shows you areas that can be repaired. And these things in your life that previously weren't God-glorifying, some of them will you'll end up walking away from because you can't redeem that. Some of them can be redeemed, and mm-hmm. this new desire um, that the Lord puts in you when you become right. a follower of Jesus um, just begins to take fruit in certain ways that mean like, hey, I, I just now I desire different things. And right. so <clears throat> we want to bring people back to the gospel consistently because that is what brings change, mm-hmm. not us outwardly trying to earn our way into favor with God. Yeah, no, that's great. You know, we, we um, people do kind of jokingly can give you flack about like how much you use the word gospel. But the, the as you said, the word Christ the, the title Christ or Jesus Christ, um, it can mean different things to different people. Yeah. And so when when I say gospel, I'm definitively saying, listen, God is holy. You are man is not. You know, Christ is our Savior. We must yeah. respond to that. And so it's just this clear kind of punch right to it that we're, we are about the whole message of Scripture. Yeah. And so I, I think that's great. All right. So quickly, quickly lay lay out uh, values, distinctives, things that kind of like. You know, everyone, every organization has these things. Sometimes they're truly um, embedded and they're part of the culture. Sometimes they're just words on a wall or in a drawer somewhere. But what are things that you say, okay, this is how we, these are our distinctives or our, our, our values. Yeah. Um, so things that, that, that kind of make up who we are. I mean, we're talking visionary in a sense because it's not here yet. But. Yeah. Yeah. So we use both terms, values and <clears throat> and distinctives. So values being the overarching. You guys, di- you guys have distinct values. We have distinct values, okay. maybe, and we have like valuable distinctives. Oh man, <laughs> you guys thought this through. Good oh job. yeah. So we. Um, um, so when it comes to values, think think of that as like the the overarching themes that we mm-hmm. want that are true north, so to speak. So we want to be theologically rich. So it's not scripture. Okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, scripture. Um, and then we want to be <laughs> theologically rich. Uh, we want to be relationally deep, and then we want to be mm-hmm. community-focused. So, Sweet. Cool. Yeah, we want to be theologically rich in that we want to allow scripture to um, drive everything that we do. And we mm-hmm. recognize, like, like we say on this podcast at times, and we got this from other places as well, that all practice is theological and all theology is practical. So we want to think through what we do and we want to be theologically rich. We want to let the scriptures guide us in that um, rather than just pragmatism. We don't want to just do something because that's what most churches are doing. We don't want to just do something because that's the most... um, that's the easiest way to get it done or the most logical way to get it done. We want to allow the scriptures to guide us in everything that we do. But then we also want to be relationally deep. Um, like we said, we're a gospel-centered community. Mm-hmm. And so we want to be a tight-knit community. We want to uh, know and be known. Uh, we, we want to 
live out the one another's of the New Testament in genuine ways, not just mm-hmm. put on a smiling face because it's Sunday, put on your Sunday best, whether that's um, clothing or whether that's uh, just your attitude. We don't we don't want to build our community on that. We want to build our community on uh, being genuine uh, yeah. with one another yeah. and knowing each other well and, and being known by one another. But then we also want to be community-focused. So we, we don't want to just be a holy huddle, but we want to take the good news of the gospel. We want to take it out to the public square and share it with uh, our coworkers, share it with folks that we run into uh, in in uptown. We want to share it with people that uh, we bump into as we're walking on the on the Kokosin Gap Trail, which is which goes through Westerville. But we'll, I mean, whatever it is, whether that is um, at work, whether that's just mm-hmm. as you're out and about, we want to take this gospel, this good news, and yeah. we don't want to be hoarders of it, but we want to be sowers. Uh, of gospel seeds sow it baby Mm. sow it okay so um last question kind of people are like hey dude i'm 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 liking what i'm hearing i'm excited for you (coughs) um some people maybe live in north columbus area uh north central ohio area they're like you know maybe they're talking with their family or they're praying about this might be a good opportunity for them to jump in be a part of Citizens Church. The yep. first thing they can do, they can go to citizensohio.com, get some more information. That's the website. But what, like, where are you guys at in the whole process? Are you, you're not doing Sunday mornings yet, but what are you doing? Kind of give us the update of where you're at and what, what are the next steps. And, and people who are interested, how can they jump in? Yeah, so we, uh, and I, I realized I didn't get to our distinctives. So um, you guys can actually. That's a, that's a teaser. Yeah, you guys can see those on our website. website for that. Yep, go to our website. <coughs> There's that cough. Um, but uh, we when have... When preaches, he gets the hiccups, just so you yeah. know. If you're going to join a church plant, you need to, you need to know that. <laughs> that's not true. People are going to think that's true. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so there, there are four phases that, I mean, just as a church planter, something that uh, people say... People who are wiser than me say that you mm-hmm. should do is, is lay out what the timeline is or what the process is so that people who want to be a part of this um, kind of know what they're getting into. And, mm-hmm. man, I, I had a really detailed one, and I just felt like that was too detailed to where it could be almost information overload. So I simplified it a little bit. We we've, we've have four phases of this plant, and uh, the first one is just preparing. And so that's the phase that we're currently in. Where so we, what's that look like? Yeah, so where we announce that Citizens Church is a church plant that we are pursuing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we're we not a church yet, so we still attend Summit Baptist Church. And we uh, have not said that we are officially church, but we have announced publicly that we are preparing to plant Citizens Church in Westerville, Ohio. And so what we're doing is we're looking to build our core team of just 10 to 15 folks who are are in it and they say yes we want to see this happen we want to be a part of this and uh, whether that is for just this season of our life or whether that's for years of our life we we want to at least help get this thing off the ground so we are looking uh, to build our core team of 10 to 15 people Uh, we're beginning to raise financial support and we are going to be hosting 
two separate interest meetings. So the first one is actually next week. So this will drop on Wednesday. What? Yeah, this will drop on Wednesday. So the following Wednesday, February 26th, that is our first interest meeting. And yeah. so we are excited and at the same time terrified about that because whenever you kind of have, you can post something on social media and people can forget about it within like a month. But yeah, once people start showing up for interest meetings, then you're really at the point where, okay, this is real. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. I'm going to be held accountable to, to what goes into this. And people are looking to me for answers. So next uh, Wednesday, February 26th, that is our first prayer and interest meeting. And we plan on having two of those. And then we're also going to begin our, our monthly prayer gatherings. So mm-hmm. um, that's phase one. And then phase two is gathering and growing, where we kind of start community groups, discipleship groups. Uh, we'll start doing some private Sunday worship in our home. And um, phase three is private gatherings, where we will um, host some preview gatherings in a facility. Mm-hmm. Not going to be public, just kind of figuring out where we're going to meet. Yeah. What's that going to look like? Let's host some preview gatherings. Um We'll also find ways to kind of get involved with the community on a consistent basis where we're a consistent presence in uh, the areas where we can be. And then phase four is public gatherings and ongoing ministry where yeah. we just now we're gathering as a, a a church and that's public to or that's open to the public and we're we're moving. I love it, man. I'm excited for you guys. Um Having kind of somewhat a front row seat for all this has been just encouraging, exciting. Um, I think it's just bizarre. It's not bizarre. It's the Lord's doing, but it's still like crazy. Um, there's just so much that we can like relate on. That's really loud. Um, uh, what are you What are you looking up? What are you googling? Like, the weather or like? See, here's the thing: is that it was loud for you because you're hearing the audio from my computer, but you're not hearing okay. it from the mic like the listeners are. So they probably didn't hear that. Listeners, take it from me. That was loud. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just it's exciting that that um, you guys are church planting, and to be able to to kind of be somewhat in that with you in the sense that you know we're close, but we're also doing church plant stuff. But yeah, it's exciting. Um, and I would just encourage people to be praying. Uh, it's not something you take lightly to just jump into a church plant. Um, it's not something you take lightly to like leave your church and go to another church. But be praying about that. Um, but having said that, you know this is the this is the the phase where you you need people to take a step of like quite literally take a step of faith with you. Yeah. You guys are taking a step of faith. You're trusting the Lord's leading, His preparation. And you need other people to say, hey, this isn't about my comfort. This isn't about, um, you know, kind of my little thing I have going here. But what is the Lord calling me to? And he's obviously not calling everyone to join um, Citizens Church or else I'd be there. Um, And all my people, you know, that's that's (laughs) obviously not a reality. But he is calling some. And so we need to be obedient to that. And we need to be listening. And and it's sacrificial. Um, But having been in it for... I don't know, however many months I've been in it, um, it's one of the most exciting, terrifying, and just fun things. I mean, there's a lot of things that aren't fun about it, but there's a lot of things that just, it is fun. It's a small group. You're working together. You're serving the Lord. You're, you're getting to get kind of access into people's lives, lives that you've never had before. Um, 
in a really cool way. So, yeah, yeah it's exciting, man. I'm pumped for you guys and uh, look forward to hearing how things go um, on that first meeting in a week. And, uh, yeah, head on over to uh, citizensohio.com, get some more info, share that mug on the socials, and um, – Keep keep the train going. Yeah. And, and Rob, Rob, do you guys have any way of receiving financial support? Yeah, I mean, we have a P.O. box, which you can see on there, but but we finally um, got the paperwork needed. We were waiting on – so in order for us to open a bank account and then open up online giving, mm-hmm. we needed some paperwork to be filled out with the SBC, and that was paperwork that I couldn't fill out. I had to ask yeah. somebody else to fill out. And so that paperwork, I just got a text message yesterday saying mm. that, and this is Monday, so I got that text message on Sunday <laughs> uh, saying that that was done. And so there you go. this week, Lord willing, Lord willing, yeah. uh, we'll be able to open up a bank account yeah. and be able to start the ability for online giving to take place. Beautiful. Wonderful. Well, hey, Rob, um, always a pleasure having you on my episode, my, my show, Simple Theology. <laughs> oh, baby, it's good <laughs> to be here. I, you know what? I will, I, will, I will join you on this anytime. Anytime uh, you need somebody to just speak yeah. into a mic. You, believe it or not, I've actually got some recording equipment. Yeah. No, um, I mean, I think we'll keep this at a minimal once a year thing, <laughs> but um, I appreciate you stopping by the Simple okay. Theology studio. Thanks, baby. You can always uh, hit us up on simpletheology.org. We're on um, all the social medias at hashtag Simple Theology Pod, Instagram, Simple Theology Pod, Facebook, simple th- slash Simple Theology. We're there. We're there. Um, man, we're everywhere. But no, always appreciate hearing from you listeners, requests. All that stuff's just dynamite. Uh, I, I'm honest. Like, I love getting on here and talking about the things we get on. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing is when people write in, like, hey, question about this. And um, it's a real pleasure. So, yeah. having said that, Rob, always good, uh, like I said, having you on my show. Thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> All right. Peace out, Peace. y'all. Peace.